Welcome back, y'all. This is Terror and Tacos. I'm Christy. I'm Michael. And um, we're here to give you another holiday edition. Yeah, this is straight up like Merry Christmas, y'all. Yeah. It's here. It's here. It's almost here. We did take a week off for life things. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, but but we're back. And before we start talking about the movie, we're going to start the talking movie. about the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to make mention that we went to this place, a new place on Greenville Avenue, for those of you who live in Dallas, called Tacos Mariachi, Tijuana Street Tacos, or Street Flavors. And for those of you that don't speak Spanish, it's Tijuana. Right. Uh, <laughs> they were super delicious. Dude, what did you think? so good. Uh, we got, did we get, we got variations on the same thing, right? Yeah, we did. Now they have, their menu is, is uh, they have, I, I guess that their special thing is seafood yes. tacos, which we are we not, not yeah. we're not fans of no. because, because things that come from the ocean should stay they in should the ocean. They should stay in the ocean. They're terrifying. Yeah. And I know we both come from sort of seafood, seafood eating e- cultures, yeah, but and I don't care. I don't care either. Then Sorry, that, Sicily. That's I don't where, give a shit. That's, that's one point where me and my people part ways. Yeah, me too. I'm not eating that stuff. Yeah, So, they, but they do have pulpo, which is octopus, and they have shrimp and some <sighs> other stuff. And uh, no, we just went for like the traditional Norteño stuff, which is very, it's very Northern Mexican, South Texas stuff. Um, you had... Um, I had one beef and one chicken, and I had flour. flour. But it, they would like. Oh man! It had some cheese in there. Yeah, and, and beans, beans, and, and uh, guacamole, uh, avocado, avocado yeah. and, and and the salsas are delicious. I had a beef one on corn tortillas, and I have to tell you, man, those corn tortillas were fucking legit. The like, flour were too. Man, they were so good. They stayed soft. Yeah. And a lot of times you run into corn tortillas that don't have flavor. And these did. And these had. Uh, a, a good flavor, yellow corn tortillas, and they were soft and the the right. They didn't get um, a lot of them get like start to get stale at the cooler they get when right. they lose heat. This one they stayed. This one stayed soft. It was incredible. And they had some very interesting uh, salsa Salsas. choices. Yeah, they had a mango salsa, and a couple of them were so really really hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I opted for the less hot. Me which too. Was the green one, and the red one was super hot. Like yeah. I had a tiny bit on my tongue, and I was I I went oh no. And then they yeah. had like a mango salsa, which was also really hot but sweet. But sweet. Yeah, it's uh, great. It's legit. It's on. Lower Greenville, uh, Tacos Mariachi, right across the street from the Trader Joe's. Yeah. So I totally... Uh, and there's one on Singleton Boulevard, too. And there's I, parking I in back for mm-hmm. those of you who don't want to deal with the nightmare that is off in Greenville. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that was great. I'm yeah. really glad. And they were super nice, too. They were very nice. Um, how do we begin? Oh, man. I don't I, even know how to begin. I was thinking about this. This is, I mean... We have we have in some ways put this off. Uh, we have mentioned this movie several probably a hundred times. Um, it is, in my opinion, one of the best horror, maybe the best horror movie ever made. Well, let me start with this with this then. Um, Stanley Kubrick yes once said to a friend that he wanted to make the most terrifying movie. In all the world of all time. <laughs> Do you think that he accomplished this with of course The he, Shining? Of course he said that. Uh, he's damn near close. He's damn um, near close. I agree. We, yeah. So we're talking about The Shining. Yeah. Uh, we, I am, I am 43 years old. Uh, I saw this movie for the first time when I was a kid. I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen this movie. I watch it every year. Uh-huh. I wrote a grad school paper on it. Um, I watch it several times a year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it is one of maybe two or three movies uh, that still have scenes, no matter how many times I watch them, that uh, freak me out. Yeah. Um, maybe... Maybe The Exorcist. I don't even know anymore. I don't know anymore. Because I've sort yeah. of like The Exorcist now I watch for like different reasons. And right. I'm like way into like Father Damien's journey. Yeah. Um, this one is just, I don't know. I, and I think every time I watch it, 
and it's no joke, and, and I'm not exaggerating, and I have. I've seen it as many times as you have. I mean, and um, we're talking like hundreds of times. Yeah, hundreds of times. Yeah. And I always find something new. Yeah. I Good always, Lord, you just told me something when we were in the yeah, car we that I've never noticed. Yeah, and I'll mention it in a little bit, but like... I, it's his ability. I mean, he has, Kubrick has this ability to make like the most banal, uh, things. Uh huh. You know, everyday things. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. Terrifying. And, and how he succeeds in making the hotel, uh, a, a character. Yeah. Like the main character of, of the, of of the, the movie. film. And, uh, you know, this, again, like, this movie is on, I mean, most lists, if you ha- if you look at, like, best horror movies ever made. I mean, this The Shining is on generally, always, yeah. you know, it, all of And it's of always, those. like, two or one. Yeah, it's right, yeah. One. And it, it's... It, to me, it is is the only thing in its class is is The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. I, I like the sh- I prefer the sh- like The Shining is my. I, mean, I, I prefer The Shining yeah. as well. Um, like and, I've, I've said, I have said, I'm, Rosemary's Baby is my favorite movie. That would be another one, but it's not to, to. Oddly enough, he had the cast watch Rosemary's Baby. The Exorcist and Eraserhead. Cool. <laughs> to get into the mood of filming of that the she was, he was a huge fan of those three films. Okay. And in order to get the cast and the crew in the mindset that he needed to make this those were movie, the three films. Those were the three inspirations. Yeah. Which says a lot. Yeah, and I think um, you know I love Rosemary's but Baby, but I think this is way more terrifying. Yeah, and I I mean I know you. I think Rosemary's Baby is like number one, or yeah. But, but yeah, I love Rosemary's Baby. I don't find it terrifying in the way no. that I find The Shining. No. Hell no. And I love, you know, Halloween is my favorite, but that's its that's own a, That's its own thing. thing no, know? no, no. I don't put Rosemary's Baby and The Shining in the same... Le- I think Rosemary's Baby is my favorite movie for different reasons. reasons. Sure. Uh, the Shining is, to me, like, I will always... There's always something terrifying about it. I always feel dirty yeah. watching it. I, I always I, feel uneasy. The The... the you know, I I did a thing not too long ago where I was I, I did like a I was like storytelling because I'm a nerd. Uh, <laughs> I was talking about horror movies because that's what I talk about, and, and I I mentioned like the twins in The Shining. I mean, to this day, I, I still fucking scared. Like, come play with us. Mm-hmm. Still gets me every time. Yeah, there's so many iconic moments, moments that take like you can mention them out of context, and people. No, exactly. Exactly what you're, what you're talking, talking about. about. Yeah. Um, so I mean, where? Yeah, where do we I begin? Don't, I, I don't know. I, 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 For those of you who don't know, yeah. So uh, The Shining, which is really weird. Who are you? Why are you listening to this? Yeah. But or maybe you're you're young. Maybe, I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So brief synopsis. So The Shining uh, is based on Stephen King's. Loosely based. Loosely based. We'll Steve, talk about on that. Stephen King's uh, book, The Shining. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is about, uh, you can say that the main character is Jack Torrance, who is a writer, and he has a wife and a son. And he, um, because of circumstances, he's no longer teaching, and he uh-huh. gets a job as the caretaker of the Overlook <laughs> Hotel. For the winter. For the winter. Because? Because this, it's a ski lodge, uh-huh. and it's up in the mountains in Colorado, and... But the winter is so bad that you can't even... Yeah, so like from, what is it? I can't remember the months, but it's like from August to... Or, or no, it's even later. later. It's like from December to February from or December something. December to yeah. February... Or There's, just no, it's December to May. Yeah, the it's, roads shut. The down. The roads shut down because it's you can't get up there. Yeah, and you can't get down because there's even like Nicholson has that line where mm-hmm. he's like, I think I'm not going to even attempt. And right. Nicholson, where he's like, I, th- I would think it would be amazing for skiing. And the guys like, you you can't even get to yeah, the hotel. you can't get to the hotel. Yeah. So they need, and because the overlook is so huge, and there's boilers and generators, right. they need somebody to. Just kind of be the caretaker and make sure that the boilers don't. This is the big thing in the novel. In the novel, that's why they're there. Right. They're there because the boilers, uh, there's a danger of, of, you know, it's before computer times. Right. So there's a danger of them overheating or something. Yeah. And then the whole thing blows They can't up. just shut everything down. Right. Because yeah. it would take forever to bring it back up. And right. All that. So they have to keep, they, they need someone there. And, um, 
And yeah, so he goes to the Overlook Hotel with his wife uh-huh. and his young son, mm-hmm. Danny, Danny, who is what, six, eight, six Shoot. years yeah. old, something like that. Um, and they're going to spend the winter, the winter up at the Overlook completely and alone. And what do we, we, we learn something about Danny. Very early. Very early. Danny is not an average no. little boy. Danny has a little boy in his mouth. He does that indeed. Talks to him named Tony. Named Tony. Um, and, and what does Tony tell him? Tony like? shows or tells Danny things that are going to happen. Um, and generally speaking, uh, they are terrifying. Yeah. And so Danny, now in the book, this is different. In the book, Tony is actually him from the future. Wow. It's Anthony, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his name is like Daniel Anthony or Anthony Daniel, I can't remember. But Tony is Danny grown up. And it's like telling. Oh, here we are playing with this idea yeah. of time. Time. Just uh, like. The Kubrick avoids that, which I think is probably for the best because it's mm-hmm. like a whole other thing. Although we're going to have to talk about Dr. Sleep and see yeah. what happens. Anyway. Um, but Danny has a a foreboding sense about the overlook before they He don't want to go. He doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to um, go. The other thing that we learn about this little family is is that Jack has a drinking problem. Clearly, yes. So he and and he there was an incident that happened uh-huh. like a few years ago where uh he, he was drunk and got mad at Danny uh-huh. for whatever reason. I think Danny threw his Some school papers, papers or, whatever. or something. Yeah. And uh, Danny's arm was accidentally yes. dislocated. Yeah. So there is a history of some kind of violence, violence in the family. Yeah. But they're trying to work it out. Yeah. And, and she, uh, Shelly Duvall, who plays Wendy, the mm-hmm. wife, says, you know, he hasn't had a drink in however long. And, five months. Uh, five months. Okay. And so... Yeah, they're trying to they're, work they're it tr- out. They're trying to work, you know. And it's here's the th- like. Okay, so I guess we should say from the beginning because we're going to be jumping back and forth for this entire podcast. We should say from the beginning that Stephen King is not a fan. No, of Kubrick, famously yeah, not. He a fan. is like very. He had been very vocal about it uh-huh. before he made his, his own, own mini series. I found one quote from King that uh-huh. I really liked. Uh, uh, um, he says. The Shining, talking about Kubrick's movie, The Shining is like a big, beautiful Cadillac with no engine inside. Oh, my God. And so, in this interview that he did with Indie Wire. Yeah. King, like, at least in this interview, and this was done not too long ago. Uh It was 2016. um, At least finally starts to talk about how he appreciates the filmmaking right. of it but he feels like it has no soul substance. and yeah no substance well but but do i think that that is what kubrick is saying though kubrick's the shining is very different from the book right. in the book jack torrance Jack, Tor- we can see Jack Torrance descent. Yes, he doesn't start out crazy. That's the arc of that's, of the novel. That's the arc of the novel. In Kubrick's The Shining, Jack Torrance is crazy from jump. From jump. And from the opening fucking yeah, scene, which is a huge issue that King has, right. and oddly not an issue that I have at all. Me neither. And I think the the that's part of the reason. I think he's right. I think he's right. Kubrick's The Shining doesn't have a soul. Right. And that's the terrifying thing right. of it is that it's straight up evil. Yeah. And it, I I think it's unnatural. Right. There's like Torrance in the movie is he is a monster. He's yeah. a monster from, like you said, from jump. We know he fucked up his kid. We know that. Yeah. She can say all she wants that. Yeah. He's not drinking anymore. Yeah. Whatever. He fucked his kid up. The way he talks to his wife is from the beginning. Horrendous. The, he just, his behavior when he goes to the interview at the hotel, which is how the movie opens. Opens, yeah. In, in one of the greatest opening scenes of oh the movie ever. Oh my God, dude. Ever, coupled, I mean, what, what it, there is, what are they playing? It's, it's Orf, isn't it? Yeah. I, it's Symphony the, Fantastique. I, that, I, I, I'm going to go with you on that I one. I think it is. It is one of the best shots I've yeah. ever seen. And then that coupled with Wendy Carlos's sound design shit. Yeah, yeah, man. And, and like, so you know, well, let me ask you this. I know, uh-huh. since we're jumping around, it's The Shining, y'all. If you don't know The Shining, if you I don't know seen what to it, tell you. I don't you. know what to tell you. Um, you've wasted your life. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, okay, do you think it is a choice that Nicholson is making 
or is it just because it's Nicholson that we think he's crazy from the get-go? I don't know, man, because like every movie that I've ever seen Nicholson in, he's always a little crazy. He's a crazy. little crazy, right? He's always a little crazy. I mean, that's like, kind of his deal. Yeah, like going all the way back to the movie version of Little Shop of Horrors, mm -hmm. he plays the, the patient yes. in The Dentist. Uh-huh. And he seems nuts. Yeah. And the, he's, I mean, yeah. God famously as as McMurphy in, and he in had, Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, McMurphy, he did McMurphy right before he did, did the, the Shining. Did The Shining. And this is one of, this is one of King's things that he hated. King says, the audience is going to recognize him as McMurphy. Yes. So they're going to see him as a crazy person. He want, you know, like the other considerations for, for Jack Torrance, uh, Harrison Ford was an early consideration. See, and that's, th I mean, to me, that's interesting. You could, if you wanted to go with King's version, right. that makes sure. sense. I love that Nicholson is. I love off. that he's crazy from from the start. And you know, there's the famous. We are just jumping all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's the there's the scene where after he's gone really nuts, right, and the hotel has really gotten into his head, and and he's already done the Wendy gave me the bat and all that stuff. Uh, give <laughs> yeah. me the bat. <laughs> and uh, he goes into the bar, and the New Year's party's happening. Uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, what's his name? The the caretaker who was there before yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're talking in the bathroom or whatever, and he says, "Cause you're the caretaker here." And he goes, "No, no, Mr. Torrance, you're the, you're caretaker. the caretaker. You've always You've been the caretaker. You've always been the caretaker. You've always been the caretaker." Yeah. So like that tied in with the fact that. I don't know. Jack's existence outside of the Overlook is a lie. Yes. And his true life is, is the Overlook. Is the Overlook, yeah. And it, that's, that's a terrifying concept to, to me. Absolutely. Because what if that happened to you, dude? Like, yeah, man. What if, like, what if you were suddenly in a place where you were like... I've been like here. Like a fucked up place and I've been here and yeah. there's something weird about it. And then... You discover the life that I've had outside of here. That's the lie. That's the lie. Yeah. I, I, and I love that. And yeah. I think it's like the hotel has brought him back. Right. 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 Uh, so really quickly, again, just in case anyone doesn't know, should we talk about what the actual, like what the concept of shining is? Sure. Yeah. So, so they, so he gets the job, right? And, um, he goes to the, the family comes in on the last day that the hotel is open and they meet a very important character, Dick uh -huh. Halloran. Yes. Played by the great Scatman Brothers, who's like, God, like he's awesome. awesome. In this play, he's so awesome. In this movie play. Anyway, so he plays the chef mm -hmm. of the Overlook and he's been there forever. Yeah. And he immediately recognizes in Danny. Yeah. The ESP. Yeah, that Danny has the has has the gift. Has the gift, and so while Jack and Wendy are off taking a taking tour. a tour, uh, Halloran is giving Danny some ice cream, and they're talking. Mm -hmm. And um, Danny's already had a, 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 an experience with the twins by this point. Yeah. He just sees them. <laughs> uh huh. Um, they're in the games room. But anyway, Halloran says, "You know, I know that you can." It's a great scene. Yeah. And this is one of those scenes where it's like so awesome what he does. Oh my God, we're jumping around. <laughs> anyway, so before he sits down to talk to Danny, he's giving Mrs. Torrance, Wendy, a tour of the kitchen. Uh huh. And they're in the pantry and he says, and in here we have the cornflakes and the orange yeah. juice and the cookies. And he's talking to Wendy, but you hear a voiceover in his mind saying, how about some ice cream, doc? Yeah. To Danny. To Danny. And Danny freaks out because he's never met anybody else. Right. Who, who has, has the shining. Gift. Yeah. Right. And so we we realize that Halloran also has this gift. Yes. And so they're sitting talking about it. And Halloran says, my mother. We could talk without ever. Without ever saying, saying a, a word. word. And she, my grandmother used to call it a shine. A shine. And, and. And some places also shine. Yeah. So some people can shine and some places can shine. And this place shines. shines. And he tell he tries to tell Danny, like, but it's not real. It's not real. It's like it's It's just like pictures. It's pictures. Yeah. because um, uh, because Danny says, Are you afraid of this place, Mr. Halloran? Yeah. And he goes, I'm not afraid of any. It's a right. great scene. Yeah. I love it. And he goes, but I think I th he he compares it to burning toast. Uh huh. He says it's like when you burn toast. Like sometimes you you can still smell, smell the it. toast, but the toast isn't there. Right. Um. So that's all it is. Yeah. Just basically, like don't don't be afraid of the things you see. But then Danny says, 
what's in room 237? <laughs> and he goes, there ain't nothing in, in room 237. You yeah. shouldn't be there anyway. Don't go in yeah. there. And then it cuts a month later. Yeah. Oh, man, it's, it's so, so good. Great. I got chills right now. I know. It's like, I know. And so, yeah, you have, you have, here's a, okay. <laughs> I think. This, we, we just need to accept the fact that yeah, we're, we're not, just gonna we're go not going to be able, yeah. Um, I think Kubrick choosing and Nicholson in consort or whatever, however they came to their version of Jack Torrance, I actually think making Torrance batshit crazy from Get leads the audience to connect way more with Danny. Right. Which I... Because for me, yes. Danny becomes the protagonist. the protagonist of the film. Yeah. Um, and he's a huge part in the book, but one of the major arcs of the book is Torrance, is Jack's descent, right? Right. And Jack becomes the hero, the hero at the end of the book. And whereas this is like, we, we, to me, and maybe it's also partially because, God, when I saw it, I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Not Danny young, but pretty young. But like, to me, Danny is our, as an audience is, is our conduit sure. through this movie. Sure. And I think that's because you recognize very, very early dad is fucking crazy. Yeah. And so I root for this kid to survive. Right. Um, right. And, and I think also Kubrick is, you know, there's the, the thing that you mentioned earlier about that. So there's that scene where he's waiting to be interviewed. In yeah. the lobby of the over- at the very beginning, yeah. And if you if you look carefully, he's he's looking at a Playboy magazine. This is crazy. It's crazy. What I I had never I yeah. did not know that. What kind of a hotel? <laughs> yeah, a- you just told me. This. Yeah. So Kubrick didn't do anything coincidentally. Everything that Kubrick does is for a reason, <laughs> right? And there are some people that posit that Kubrick is referencing an article in that very issue of Playboy that talks about incest and child That's abuse. That's crazy. And that he's kind of like hinting at the idea that perhaps Danny is suffered some kind of sexual abuse. I don't know if that's true. That's right. definitely not in the book. No. And totally it's... not in the book. I don't know if Kubrick was doing that. But there there is there is a definite sense in the in the movie of of things in childhood that are terrifying. Yes. Things, yeah. Things that, that to a little kid, the, the bigness of the world, because the, the overlook is huge. huge. The bigness of the world and, and, and things that are beyond your control. Yeah. And the, and the way he is able to shoot and put you in the POV of Danny is incredible. Yeah. And usually, I mean, for the first half of the movie, Danny's usually just playing. Like right. he's riding around on his on big, big wheel, wheel through the hotel, through the hotel in one of the most amazing sound design moments in the history of film. Incredible. I don't, and also the shot. Oh, I mean, they, God, they yeah. mounted that camera on a wheelchair. That's incredible. And that's basically yeah. how Steadicam was born. Born. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and the, like from carpet to floor, from carpet to floor. And then he just comes smack dab. Sorry. Sorry, John, you're going to have to fix that. Uh, when he just sees the girls, <laughs> the, twins. the twins. And it's so weird because there's a whole, you know, there's a documentary, to Room, Room 237, yeah. Which posits a lot of things that may or may not be true. But one of the things they talk about is how the Overlook makes no sense. The inside, First of all, the outside of the Overlook Hotel makes no sense with, with, the, with, in, with inside, the inside. Sure. And then the inside of the Overlook Hotel in the movie... Uh, there are corners and hallways, and you see him on his big wheel riding around on the first floor, but suddenly he's on, on the, the second, second floor, floor yeah. or in the, in the, in the employee yeah. quarters or whatever. And it's never quite, exp- there's windows where there shouldn't, shouldn't be, be windows. windows. There's yeah. a hallway where there shouldn't be a hallway. It's, in- it's incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and it gives again a sense of just, especially from the kids POV of this, you're just lost in this. You're lost. Um, and the things you keep running into are horrifying. Right. Um, right. So we should say, we should, we keep talking about the twins. If you've never seen it, which again, I don't know who you are. Right. But so (sighs) when he gets the job at the hotel, the manager of the hotel says to him, Okay, so how do you feel about being alone for such a long yeah. period of time? I just feel I need to warn you. There was an incident that happened last year uh, with a caretaker. Yeah. Who, or a year, it was years ago, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I think. And okay. he goes, 
No, it had to have been the year before. Oh, right, because they've lost. Yeah, because yeah, they yeah, lost. Yeah, he goes, right. uh, he, he, um, he, he kind of went stir crazy. Yes, that's and, right. But it wasn't terrible. Right. He just killed his family. He chopped them into bits yeah. and, and, you know, solitude will do that to you. Uh-huh. Oh, well, what do you think? And Jack Torrance is like, that'll never happen. Yeah. And then is on top of it is like, oh, my wife loves that kind of shit. Right. Like, oh, she'll, she'll love that something crazy happened yeah. in the hotel. Yeah. And um, so the the twins that that Danny, Danny sees are, are the little girls that were killed. Right. Um, the Grady twins. The Grady twins. Um, which is, they are... I don't know. I mean, like, and 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 Kubrick horrifying to me. Still horrifying. The the kids didn't know they were making no, a horror movie. They had no idea. As 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 horrible as he was to Shelley Duvall, right? And as difficult a director as he is known to be to, to have been to have been, yeah. Uh, he was apparently very kind yeah. to the children and and made it a fun set yeah. for them. And, and they, they, didn't, they didn't know they, they didn't were know making, what yeah. what they were doing. And I read an interview with the kid who plays Danny. Who's now, Danny I think, Lloyd. yeah, who's now like a, I think he's a professor. Yeah. Um, and he's like my age. Uh, it, it, he said, you know, they would eat, he would eat lunch with those girls mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. So they were like, they were buddies. Yeah. And he thought he was making a drama. Like yeah. he, he didn't know. And he didn't know until much, much later. later. He didn't see the movie until he was 17. Right. <laughs> and then he was like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? Yeah. But he also says that he didn't find it scary. He, right. Because he, he was new he was every there. Was there. They, he just thought it was like, oh, this is crazy. Yeah. It's a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. That's so. Yeah. And so apparently he was. Kubrick was very kind. I guess that's one thing positive. You I guess. Say. He well, was so nice to kids. He was nice to kids. <laughs> he was, you know, he was terrible to Shelley Duvall. Absolutely. These are all the stories. These, You know, he treated her poorly yes. on the set. And you can see, like, in some of the the documentaries and stuff that have been made, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, the way he talks He's, to her is, like is his, horrifying. His daughter made one of those documentaries. There's, like, if you go online and you look for the Shining documentary, there's a 30-minute one that was made by his, his daughter, daughter who was on set with him him the the daughter and the wife and um you can clearly see him like abusing yeah i don't know if there are if there's another profession where the employees taking abuse is something that you go okay cuz yeah. the other story go the other like Jack Nicholson hated cheese sandwiches. He hates cheese sandwiches for some reason. Okay, I don't know. sure. Leading up to the Here's Johnny uh-huh. scene, they only fed him cheese sandwiches. <laughs> two, two weeks. For two weeks, Jack Nicholson only got... That was the only food he could get. Was They only let him eat cheese sandwiches. That's so fucking crazy. So that by the time they got to Here's he was Johnny, fucking he was off fucking and, pissed yeah. off. And meanwhile, Kubrick's been verbally abusing Shelley Shelley Duvall. And she said, she actually says, yeah, it was, it was terrible. She lost her hair. She lost a lot of hair. She was dressing. She would bleed from her gums and all that stuff. And she still says, I mean, she's crazy now. I know. But early on in her career, she said that, um, she wouldn't trade it for the world. world. I mean, they're, they're, uh, this is like, I don't know, you know, is anything justifiable, you know, in this sense is, is, is. That's what I mean. It's like, is there another profession where you can treat your employees in highly unethical? I don't. And, I, and, and I, then the results. Someone, is if you have incredible. another weird job, tell us. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't think because so. Because the result is incredible. Well, and that's the thing. It's like we, we let. I think we let people like Kubrick maybe off the hook in a way that if it was like Michael Bay, right, who apparently was also like super shitty on the Transformers set to Megan Fox or whatever, right. you're like, well, fuck you, fuck dude, you. your movie right. sucks. Well, and when I read that cheese sandwich thing, I was like, fuck that shit, man. He's an actor. Yeah. Did, let him get there him the get way. The, he, why? Why does he need yeah, to? Yeah, it's like, a weird. God thing. damn it! He was living with Angelica Houston at the time. Nicholson was. Yeah, and she says famously that when he was filming the movie, that he would come home, and like just not talk to anybody. He would just go home, lie down in bed, and go to sleep. Wake up early in the morning, go to work, come back, go home. like that. He was just. Wow. Exhausted. And then I said, yeah, and then, but it's like, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> so, so good. good. It's so good. I do believe, 
There, ha- I don't know. There had to be like there, but it's like you said, there has to be another way. Like he Nicholson's a really talented guy. He's a really talented actor. He's Jack Nicholson. Shelley like, Duvall is is. I mean, I don't know if Shelley Duvall is one of my favorite actresses, but she's famously one of Robert Altman's. Yeah, she and was, is I believe way better than she ever gets credit. Oh for. yeah, she's a and she's a great director and a great yeah. producer. She was and told fairy tale stories on HBO when Dude, I was a kid. That it was changed one of my, my life. Shows ever in the world. Yeah. And so I, it's funny, like, we talked about how, like, King is not a fan of The Shining. Um, he, Kubrick was, like, famously hated by people that he adapted. Um, like, Nabokov fucking hated his adaptation. Um, Nabokov, I think, came around a little later. Right. But for uh, Lolita, he hated Kubrick's Lolita and hated Kubrick. I do think he came around. Anthony Burgess, who wrote Clockwork Orange, before he died, this is sort of the... Le- Actually, I don't even think this is legend. I think this is, is recorded. Burgess, before Burgess died, Kubrick was still alive and went on record, like made it a point. To, on his deathbed. Yeah, like, die, like, up, you know, like knows he's coming to the end of his life to say <laughs> there is a special place in hell reserved for for Stanley Kubrick. Can you see him like on his deathbed yeah. going like, I've got to call a press conference. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, calling a press conference. Listen, man. Um, so it is... Uh, to well, me, Slim Pickens, I just told you this also. In, it's weird because in the book... Halloran, Dick Halloran, is a black person. Like, yeah. he's a black man. As is, you know, and Scatman Crothers, and so who Scatman played the role. Crothers, yeah. But, like, Kubrick wanted to cast Slim Pickens, so who weird. had just done Strange Love for mm-hmm. him. And so, when he was approached, when Slim Pickens was approached to play Dick Halloran, he was like, no fucking way. <laughs> I'm not doing, I'm not like, working I'm not, with I'm him not again. I'm not working with him again, ever again. I will never work with him ever again. Yeah, that's so weird. And I saw uh, interviews with, um, oh, God. Very famous actor who's the lead in Clockwork Orange, whose name I can't Malcolm remember. Malcolm McDowell. Thank you. Mm-hmm. With Malcolm McDowell. And it was later in life. And McDowell talked about how when they were shooting um, Clockwork Orange, they were the best of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a great time. I mean, like, what a weird fucking movie to have a great time on. Right. But, like, McDowell talks about how much he and Kubrick were, like, the best of friends. And he said the moment it wrapped... He couldn't even get the man on the phone. He's a sociopath. He yeah. was a sociopath. Yeah, and like McDowell talked about how there was a time in McDowell's career, like so many actors, where all of a sudden the work's not coming mm-hmm, sure. and you're maybe not financially... A Listen, s- I've just been watching Hallmark movies. There's a, a lot, lot of those actors. Exactly. And it's fine. And he he would call like, like hey, man, can you give me anything? Yeah. Like anything. And he said he couldn't even, he couldn't even get a call back. And I was like, damn, man, that is fucking, that's ice cold. Yeah, I know. But, you know, he, I mean, towards the end of his life, he he almost went like full, uh, um, I'm forgetting his name. The guy, the Spruce Goose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, totally, like, fucking locked himself away. Yeah, yeah. like jars of urine and, and long Yeah, long nails. fingernails. So yeah, Howard like Hughes. Howard Hughes. Yeah. Like, he almost went full on that. He wouldn't He wouldn't leave. leave? Like, during during the filming of, of uh, The Shining, that the opening shot of the Volkswagen going up the mountain, uh-huh. you know, which was filmed in Colorado, um, in Oregon, sorry. Um, it, that was the second unit set director because Stanley Kubrick would not fly. Wouldn't fly. He would not fly. He would not come to the United States. That's so crazy. King has another quote in that same interview um, in the IndieWire one where he says the thing about the Cadillac without an engine. He says... He is, you can, you can tell he's being as like politic as possible. Mm -hmm. He says he was a very talented man and he was very smart. And if you talk to him, you knew he was never in the same conversation you were having and that he was only existed in his own world. Yeah. And like King's, that's Stephen King. That's Stephen King who like is also a little crazy. Yeah. No, yeah. He, there's other stories. I mean, we're talking more about like the, anyway, whatever. There's also, King says that he would get phone calls from Kubrick in like at 3 a.m. Oh, God. Where Kubrick would be like, do you believe in God? Yes. The do you believe in God talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. What and the like, fuck do you want from me, man? And, like, part of the thing is, like, King actually does. Yeah. And Kubrick doesn't. Right. <laughs> and I think that is even a thing that, that right. mixes. Because I think if, if you don't, if you don't 
sort of uh, whatever. Oh man, we've gone off. No, but but it, but it is important to because the, the because stuff. the monster in the movie is human, right? The monster in the novel is sort of this grand evil, right? Right. Yeah. Which to me is very biblical, right? And that Jack Torrance has to fight the grand evil to yes, save to save his, his family. family, but in Kubrick's The Shining. It's it exists. Uh-huh. It is there and you've been there the, the whole, whole time. time and there is no heaven right. and there is no hell. And the only thing that saves the family is the little kid being super fucking smart. Right. That's the only and yeah. backtracking yeah. In, the, in the snow. Exactly. And like that was famously part of the conversation is that he called them and they had this whole argument about the existence of heaven or hell. And, and he and, and King was like, well, then, how, I mean, if 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 he's already crazy, that all of this is really happening, then how do you explain hell? You right. know, and Kubrick was like, I don't believe in hell. Right. So, I mean, he I, I don't know. It, it's it's absolutely Sartre esque. Yeah, that, you know? that this, 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 hell is other people. Right. Hell is this, you've always been in hell. You've always been in hell. Yeah. And, um, again, maybe that's why I, oh, I can't just say I, I mean, it's a wildly popular movie, but I love that aspect of it. I do too. That, like, there is no grand good versus grand evil. The only thing the kid has is his own wits and luckily this gift. Right. But even in the end, when they're like the final like conflict or the the climax of the movie, when Nicholson is just fucking insane, like with the axe. When he's and, like when he's finally gone off. Yeah. The end. And and like the way Kubrick shoots that and the way Nicholson plays it is he is monstrous. Like yeah. he's he no longer looks human. No. Um Danny, it's not even Danny's like sixth sense that saves him. It's really just his he's his a, wits. He's yeah, he he is he smart figures out. and he he's figures like, things out. He's like, if I erase my footsteps in the snow, I can hide. I can hide. He'll go that way. Yeah, and, and I can follow my footsteps back out yeah. the hedge. Yeah, and it's just a smart. He's just a smart. He's a kid. smart kid. Yeah, no, the, there's that wonderful scene where he, it's already after he's like told Wendy, "Get the fuck out of here. Don't bother me when yeah. I'm in here." Can I? Real quick, uh-huh. there are times, this is going to sound horrible, I'm sorry, honey, I get his reaction. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I understand. And I'll tell, this is an interesting part because Nicholson, in case you guys didn't know, Jack Nicholson is also a writer. Yes, yes. He's written screenplays and uh-huh. stuff like that. And he actually had a conversation with Stanley Kubrick about that very scene it's... that when he was married to Sandra, I can't remember her name, but anyway, his, his first wife, that he literally like that was literally he would feel that way uh-huh. and um so kubrick kind of let put him it in. put it in like jack nicholson those are almost jack nicholson's like word for word verbatim of what his conversations were with his, his no i told i totally get it yeah it's absolutely fucking i told and i you know being mar- <laughs> being married to someone like john is a composer and a sound designer yeah and when he's in this room working on his stuff and sometimes it's late into the night I do not bother him right. <laughs> because he's in the zone. Yeah, and it's it is. And if I take him out, it's he's, an, he's another John. Yeah, it's it's absolutely uh, infuriating. No, I I get it. But anyway, so that it's that scene has already happened uh-huh. where he's like, "Get the fuck out get of here! Out. Don't come in here when I'm in here!" Clack, yeah. clack, clack. You yeah. know, whatever. I don't when need I'm your fucking sandwich. Yeah, or when I'm not typing <laughs> or whatever. It's terrifying. Uh, and she leaves. So then you kind of see like a week later or something like that, uh-huh. and. Wendy and Danny are playing outside. Um, oh my God. And, and then it cuts to Jack Nicholson in the hotel. Oh man. In the black turtleneck. Uh-huh. And it's a, it's a longish scene uh-huh. of like, it, maybe it's like 45 seconds to a minute long. And it's just Nicholson, You're like staring. Stand, staring out the window. And it's terrifying. It's still it one, truly it's, it's is one terrifying. of the most terrifying images because it's like, oh man, he's gone. Yeah. There is no there coming is back. There is no coming back. That. Yeah. Which then leads to the that wonderful, wonderful shot of the hedge maze that Dude. I love to talk about. So there's a great shot in the movie that is so meta. It's so wonderful. So Dan, Danny and Wendy are outside playing, having a life, and, and Jack is inside trying to work. He's got writer's block. Yeah. He so, can't write a goddamn thing. Right. So he He's just walking around the Colorado ballroom, uh-huh. which is what they call it, throwing, throwing his a ball. handball yeah. and just fucking around. And there's a model of the hedge maze. Yes, uh, that's tiny. 
And he walks over to the hedge maze, uh-huh. and he looks in the hedge maze, and there's like little plastic figures of people, but the camera begins to zoom in super slow into the hedge maze to the central part, and the little and it, you realize it's Danny and Wendy, and they're moving, moving around, around in there, and there it's a shot of tiny, tiny, tiny Danny and Wendy in the very center of the hedge maze and a giant Jack Nicholson kind of like looming, looming over, over them. And it is freaking brilliant. It's one of the greatest shots yeah. I've ever seen And in I didn't know how they had done it until I actually looked for it last night. And I'm just going to say it real quickly because it's so Yeah, I know. Cool. It's amazing. It's like, so they, they shot the hedge maze from six feet above. Okay. Right? The, the little hedge maze model. The model. From six feet above. And then the central portion of the hedge maze, they built it to scale next to a tall apartment building. And then they had Wendy and Danny play around in, in the, that, in the, in the thing. And they shot that from the top of, of the, the apartment, apartment building. building. And then the two shots are just it's, blended together. It's brilliant. It is so brilliant and shot so like long before... CGI and all of that. And it's funny because you were talking about that and I was like, it's, it's so clearly the first shot of Hereditary is, is modeled. And I, he would admit this even though he refers. Yeah, because he said it. Even refers to The Shining as a comedy because he's the most pretentious fucking prick in all of film. Agreed. Um, but the first shot of Hereditary where you pull in through the dollhouses uh-huh. and then we're into, or sorry, the model homes. Right. Model houses, and then you're in the son's room. I mean, it is right. it is it, it is, is clearly, clearly taken yeah. straight out of The Shining. Yeah. Did I get too mean about the director of Hereditary? Not right at all. Okay, cool. Not <laughs> at all. We feel the same way. The it's Shining hashtag. It's not a comedy. Um, um, yeah, it's just there, there's so much stuff. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, it's. It's The Shining, y'all. Yeah, I mean, let's. Can we talk a little bit about Wendy Carlos, the the composer yeah. of, of the score? So Wendy Carlos uh, is grew up in in Rhode Island, and um, she and Rachel Elkind, who produced the score, right? Um, she is a was one of like the first musicians that like of electronica. Yeah. You know, and she oversaw the development of the Moog synthesizer. Yeah, man. Um, and her score is, I think, so haunting. You know, the, the way, the way that, that a John Carpenter movie has a John Carpenter score, uh-huh. right? And it's like, it, it's not a John Carpenter without that John Carpenter yeah. sound. Right. The, the, the music, the sound in The Shining is just as important. Absolutely. As everything else in the movie. I don't think I had ever heard it's like it's 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 perfect in the way that a score should be perfect that it's present yes but it's not like where you and it's not like where you walk out of say like you walk out of Halloween, right? Right. And we can all walk out of Halloween, Halloween, and be like, din, 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 right, din, right, din, right, din. right, right. It's not that kind of score, no. And it's not like the Goblin score for Suspiria, where you can go out and hum it, right? But it's so, it's just like omnipresent. It's everywhere, yeah. And it is so ingrained in the film. It's absolute genius. It's genius, and, and the it's, sound editing it's as like well. Sound is and and these like there are moments where it's like crazy swelling of timpani yeah. and that's all it is and it sounds like a timpani it's electronic but and that the shining like the shine itself uh-huh. has, has its own has sound has its own sound and it's scary that's one thing that I love and now I'm jumping again is Danny's gift is presented as being a gift but as being absolutely painful and terrifying for yeah, this child exactly which I love and you see Halloran Who's a, I mean, an old, he's an old man, right? Yeah, so he's had years. And so he's clearly come to terms with it and can control it in a way. Mm-hmm. But for Danny, who's a little boy and doesn't understand necessarily, it's painful and it's scary. Yeah. And the sound plays a huge a part huge of part that. part of that. Yeah, and it's great because like Halloran says, my grandmother had it. So we could talk to, so clearly Halloran's character has a mentor. Uh-huh. Sort of someone who... Someone who was able to was able to say, uh-huh. "Listen, I know it's scary, but it's a good thing. It's yeah, actually, it's actually a, a good. It's thing. actually a yeah. great thing." And Danny has no one. No one. Danny comes from a. And he, Danny's been told, "Don't talk about it." Right. Don't right. tell anybody. Right. And about and it. when 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 Tony comes up because he's had an incident, right? Right. Um, 
because he fucking sees what's going to happen before they ever get there. And when the doctor or therapist comes, it's a doctor. Doctor, when he talks about Tony, Wendy, his mom is like, yeah, it's an imaginary friend. friend. All little boys have imaginary friends. Um, so it is this thing of like, we're not going to talk about, you know, the kid who yells red rum. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it's so weird. Like you, you start noticing all these little things before the, in, in the beginning of the movie when, so he has the incident while Jack is at the hotel interviewing for the job. Yeah. And they're eating a sandwich and he's like, I don't want to go up there. And Wendy's like, it'll be fun, blah, 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 blah. And then he's in the bathroom by himself brushing his teeth. And Tony, he says, so did dad get the job? And Tony gets, says he already he got yeah, it. Yeah, and he, he uses his finger he to talk his, You know, Tony. he did that in the audition room spontaneously. That's amazing. Yeah, the uh, the Danny the Lloyd, boy. Danny Lloyd during the audition just kind of like out of nowhere just made Tony his finger. That's and so good because it's like, so right, childlike. This is the kid. Yeah. Anyway, so you you start to notice things. It's like he has this incident where he faints and he begin he sees in the mirror that the dad got the job uh-huh. and so he knows what's going to happen. And on the door, on his bathroom door, there's all these little stickers. There's all these little stickers like Tweety Bird and all this kind of stuff. After the incident, all the stickers are like in a different, different order. Yeah. It's it's just all of these little things in the movie that it's just off. Yeah. Yeah. And I it's, mean, I think you have in, and we talked a little bit about this. I mean, this guy, this guy, this, <laughs> this guy, guy, this fucking guy, Stanley Kubrick famously would do like a million takes, right? Right. Which, as an actor, like, makes just the sound of that makes me crazy. Like, when people will say, like, he did a hundred takes, and even if they're being hyperbolic, you know, he did 50, right? Right. That's insane. Right. So, the famous story is that the Wendy, give me the bat, give me the, bat. <laughs> that, yeah. the scene, which is a long scene, a long scene. that tracks them like, going up the stairs backwards, and Shelley Duvall has to have a fucking breakdown. Down, and, and Nicholson, and has, Nicholson to, has to be a monster. Yeah. And she's swinging at him with a bat yeah. and all that stuff. The legend is that he did 127 takes oh my God. of that. Of that. Right. And then there are people who worked on the film that say, he didn't do 127. 127 he did like 80 or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, there, co- there comes a point where the difference between 80 and 127 is, is marginal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sid- like during Eyes Wide Shut, Sidney Pollack, very famously, they were shooting a scene where Tom Cruise comes into the room and, and Sidney Pollack and Tom Cruise shake hands. And they did it like 87 80, yeah. times or uh-huh. something like that. And Sidney Pollack finally broke down and said, what the fuck? Like, right. Sidney Pollack who's also a who's brilliant, also a brilliant director. director. He's like, what? what is it? What's going on? We're not going to fucking do this again. And Kubrick goes, you want to get it right, don't you? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That, But see, that's the definition uh, yeah. of a narcissistic sociopath, yes. that it is never their fault. It's never their fault. But at the same time, <laughs> the level you have a level of detail. You're talking about Tweety right. Bird stickers being moved that you recognize because you've seen the movie a hundred yeah, times. A thousand yeah. times. But it's that level of detail to me that elevates this that movie go, above yeah. all, all others. And you're always going to know, like it also in that scene, there's a, there's a stuffed animal. There's, uh-huh. a, there's a goofy, a yes. stuffed goofy. And if you notice, Shelley Duvall, Wendy is dressed like, like the goofy, goofy doll. Like the yeah, goofy doll. It's... The elevator, the elevator with the blood. I had my, my daughter, Isa pointed this out to me very recently. I had never seen it. If you look closely, there is a dead body. In, yes. Once the, ele- once the blood starts, starts to, yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing we have, man, we're not gonna, we're not gonna no, finish dude, this. It's today. the shining. It's I mean, the shine. so trailers, children, trailers for films <sighs> that, that, that you could not, you could not make this trailer today. Go look up the trailer. Yeah, the original. And, and, and the trailer really, all it, all it is, is the scene of the blood coming, coming out, out of the, of the elevator. elevator. And then it says, The Shining. Yeah. That's all it is. That's all you that's, need. That's all you need. And it, it, um, it broke filmmaking. Like, I, it, yeah. Like, people, and, and you, you couldn't make that trailer Tra- today. No. Now, God, you see a trailer, it's, I mean, you, I went to a movie the other day and there were multiple trailers and I know I'm not saying anything new. Literally took you from start to finish. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I, mean, I was to like, I movie. know how this movie ends. This is crazy mm-hmm. that you showed me this. Um, if we have, do we still have time? Yeah, or, we have a little bit of time. Okay, just a minute. 
I do want to say, what do you think, what do you make of the ending? Because, not the in the maze, but the, the ending in the hotel when we have the, like, fucking blowjob that haunted me as a kid. I didn't even know why. You mean like when Wendy starts running, like when she finally escapes. And they're running through the hotel and you start to see all of the weird things in the, like... I, I, you know... And the final him in the photo. I think that... So I'm going to go from Wendy's perspective for two seconds. I think Wendy is a woman who has been in denial about her marriage... Her for the whole time. The whole time. Okay. She does. She 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 doesn't see things like Danny sees things in the hotel. Uh huh. Jack definitely definitely does. Clearly, he talks to Grady. He he talks to Grady. He he makes out with the the The, woman in two the hot lady before she turns into the gross old lady. Gross old lady. Yeah. Uh, Wendy's the only one that seems to be kind of like oblivious. Uh-huh. And to me, and, and as you said early in the movie, she's like, he's working on it. Everything's fine. Sure. Everything's fine. Yeah. Tony's and an imaginary friend. Everybody Tony's has a, that. Yeah. yeah. And it's not until after Jack clearly becomes crazy and, and chops her. down the, the door with the axe that, that she, Begins, finally to that see. she finally begins to see that her husband is a fucking lunatic. Uh-huh. And so because her eyes have been opened to that fact, her eyes are opened to everything that is going on Man, in the hotel. That is an well. awesome take. Yeah. That's a really awesome take. That's what I've that's, that's what brilliant. I've always thought I've never, about it. Because I, I that's really I love that. Yeah. I absolutely and love so that. And so she's like so she realizes and oh, so he all belongs of these, here. All of these things from the past, she finally She finally begins to see. Great. And they, she sees he belongs here. We do not. Right. We've got we to get, get the, the fuck, fuck out. out. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I talk about that final moment after you see him frozen, uh-huh. which is an incredible shot. Oh, it's, man. It's both <laughs> off-putting, funny, yeah. and terrifying. And haunting. And, yeah. Yeah. And then it zooms into the picture uh-huh. of the, of of the 1920s. And he's there. And he's there in the picture. Yeah. You know, going back to you've always been here. You've always been the caretaker. I I think he's always been the caretaker. Yeah. I mean, it's like, that's that's what it is. Like, for years and years and years, and I'm sure that for years to come, I will always be like, what does that mean? Uh What does it mean? Um, But I don't know. So do you think, do you think Lloyd, the bartender, is really there? I'm going to throw it back at you. The, the, no, I think he's talking to himself. He's talking to himself. Yeah. But it's like, but but it's, don't you think it's all related? Like, you've always been here. Uh-huh. He sees these things. Yeah. What is, like, I, what is yeah, all that? Yeah, I think, I, yeah, man, it's, I mean, I don't know. I do think he, he is, whatever the overlook is, is the same thing that he is. Like, he is Grady. Yeah. He he killed the girls. Like yeah. he's he's the, the he's the overlook. He's That's the overlook. how I've always thought of it. So I think that in the book also this is something to 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 talk chat about a little bit I guess. Uh in the book, you know, as is the case in a lot of Stephen King novels, apparently the the the, the overlook is built on Indian burial, burial yeah, 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 ground, sure. Sacred ground or Indian burial ground. And in the movie Kubrick nods to that a you have little bit. Sort of imagery, yeah. Because yeah. in the Colorado ballroom, you have like the Native American imagery on the walls, right. and early on in the film, before he starts to go nuts, and he's just kind of one throwing right. his throwing hand ball, the ball at it. He is throwing the ball at like the 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 Kachina figures uh-huh. on, on the on the wall, and that's basically an invitation. That's a basically a waking, waking up, up the hotel. Yeah. Waking up the hotel and saying, okay, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. You know, and I'm back or I'm home. I'm, I'm home. Or yeah. It's, 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 I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what that end image means. No, and I don't know that there's, I think that's the, the beauty of it. I don't think he, I mean, I think we could watch it a million times and have a million different thoughts about it and that's okay. I don't think. I think that's, you know, the difference between Kubrick making a movie and, and someone else. Like, he doesn't right. feel like he needs to end The Shining on right. a clear cut. Right. Well, clearly, Eraserhead was... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Eraserhead yeah. was a huge uh Right. I mean, and that's, influence. again, Lynch, who Lynch also doesn't, doesn't give a shit about what, what you, think you think of his ending yeah. or anything. And that's the brilliant thing about um, Lynch. We should say... The, the, can I say one yeah, thing? Yeah, like, the, the, the scene that breaks my heart is Halloran. 
Oh, so when Halloran comes back, I, I've always felt like it was so fucking unfair. Yeah, and it's crazy because of all the things Halloran does, ultimately, as a plot device, he's there to have the snow cat there so Danny and Wendy can escape. Can escape. And it's just, it's, it's, I guess it's another kind of nod or kind of another like element to this idea that, that there's no good, there's, there's no, no bad, re- there's no, and, and Halloran is like, He's almost a hero. He's like a, he's almost like a, a a good positive. He comes back. Yeah, he comes back for them all the way from Miami. Yeah, like he because the, the Danny shines to, to him. him. Yeah, and and so he comes back to save them or to check on them, and he dies tragically. And it's this thing of like there is no saving you. No, there is no good. There is no good. There is no, no escaping yeah. what your fate is and who you, you are. are. And at the same time. He does at least bring the thing yeah. that allows them to escape. But yeah. yeah, he gets, I mean, it doesn't, he doesn't even, there's no fight. I mean, he comes in and gets, he gets killed. killed immediately. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, so King has written a sequel, Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Uh, which is about Danny grown up. Mm-hmm. They are making a movie they just wrapped last week. Who's directing it? Mike McFarlane. Yeah. Who directed The Haunting of Hill House. Mm-hmm. Um, Oculus. Oculus. I'm excited to see. I'm super excited. What McFarlane does. Yeah. Ewan McGregor is playing Danny. Especially because he's so good at that time thing. Uh-huh. So if Tony is ostensibly. If we yeah. go back to that. Yeah. That, um, that will be very, very. I can't. This is one where we go to the Alamo. We have to. Yeah. We have to go see it. And and, and we'll also have to and see. And we'll eat tacos, Michael. Yes. We will eat. I'm not going to eat chicken. We also have to see, like, does McFarlane, in a way, still nod to Kubrick? Right. Even though Kubrick went so far away from the book. I don't yeah. know. I really don't know. Yeah, so I don't I'm know. Interested. Like, and I love you and McGregor, so I I, th- I think it's inspired casting. Yeah. Um the, yeah. I mean we have like five minutes, four minutes left in the podcast, and I don't even know that we even covered half of what we wanted no. to talk about. Like I have so, so many, many notes. Well, maybe we'll notes. do. Maybe we'll do the shining. Maybe we'll do every Christmas. We'll talk about maybe the shining. every shining. Will, yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's crazy. I do know. I do know that if I were Wendy, and Danny had walked in with his sweater torn the way he does after he does go into two three seven after Halloran says don't go into two three seven, I would not have accused Jack. I would have quietly picked up my son and, and walked, walked out, out of the hotel. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Instead of going, you did you this, did you this. did this, because yeah. that's part of what sends Jack over the, over edge. the edge. But then we wouldn't have the movie. The movie, yeah. So, no, the, the, I mean, the, the years ago when we were, when I was working with Teatro Dallas, um, here in Dallas, and we were, we would rehearse sometimes at an old hotel in, down, Ooh, at, come on in now. downtown Dallas. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah, well, we were in uh, Cora Cardona, who's the artistic director of that, is uh, famously loves horror movies and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think she put the two together. We didn't have a rehearsal space. So you had to do And there it. was sure. this old, Hotel in Dallas that you could get that for we cheap. could get for cheap, yeah. and she knew somebody, and we would rehearse in one of the ballrooms oh, that had a long hallway that led back into the kitchens, uh-huh. and there there was no way you could get me to go back there. No like fu- there was no. no fucking way. I'd stand at the doors and look down that hallway, and I could hear the big wheel. Well, just <laughs> yeah, no, that's like, terrifying. Come play with us um, forever and ever. I mean, yeah. There's again. I think we could talk about The Shining 12 more times yeah. and, and still not cover everything. And maybe we do come back to it at some point. Yeah. But it is... it is. I mean, it's... Again, I think it's one so, of the best so back horror to the, films ever made. to the first question that I asked or, or the first things the that Kubrick we said. Quote, do you think that Kubrick made the scariest I, most I, terrifying movie ever? I I mean, I think for, for its genre, for its subgenre, yes. Yeah. Um, I think... You know, certain people, like, to me, something like The Strangers is terrifying, Mm. but in a different, a very different way, in a home invasion kind of way. Right. I think for a, 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 a a combination, I can't use words, of supernatural and... Existential crisis. Yeah, yeah, I, I, there's, there's nothing like it. There is definitely, it is definitely like existential call of the void. Yeah, absolute dread. And, and the fact that, you know, Two of the most terrifying things in the movie to me are the twins. And, and what are the twins? They're these poor, innocent little girls who got murdered. Yeah. And all the, and all they actually really want is, is to, to play. play. 
that's really all they want. Right. They're not there to frighten him. Um, they're terrifying. I gotta give myself right. chills again. I, 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 so yeah, uh, he's, he's a fuck. I mean, he dude, was, a, he was a, a fucking master. master. He was a fucking and master. And if you have never seen The Shining, you should go watch The Shining. Like right now. Like right now. Yeah. Drop everything that you're doing. It's streaming on Netflix and you should go watch it. It has some amazing performances. And final, final question. Uh, hot bathtub lady. Do you think that Jack Nicholson hooked up with her? In real life? Yeah. Absolutely. I yeah. I think so too. It was the seventies, yeah. dude. I think, and he was Jack. <laughs> and Nicholson. he was Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I and she was super hot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick before we go, of course, Jim John McNoise, always amazing. <gasps> oh my god, we did we something for, huge we, this we weekend. We did something Christy. huge this weekend. So Mike and I and Brandon Potter, our other collaborate collaborator, I can't use words either. We shot our Kickstarter uh-huh. uh, for the horror movie that Michael wrote based on an idea that we had together. And Christy is directing. And I'm and directing. Brandon is starring. And Brandon is starring. And that we're going to make. We're going to make. We're going to make it. And so we have, uh, we don't know exactly when we're releasing the Kickstarter, but be on the lookout for that. Because it will be relatively soon once we all get yeah. through the holidays. Uh-huh. And uh, just, you know, begging our fans out there to share, share, share. Yeah. And, um, yeah, help us make this thing happen. This dream come true. Make this dream come true of playing cops. Of playing cops. Hell yeah. And uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and yeah. all we'll, the love in the world we'll and all that. We'll see you after Christmas. Woo! Bye. Oh, <laughs> oh,